good evening and thanks for joining us on Editing Aloud in a week in which we are set to go from level five of the lockdown to level four of the lockdown as government starts the very gradual phased risk adjusted reopening of the economy. I have with me some of South Africa's most thoughtful journalists as always and I'm going to start with Rob Rose. Rob, from level five to level four, is this is this a rational plan? Will it work? Um, Hillary, I mean, it, it is rational in the sense that it's um, a very conservative way to ensure that there's minimal infections. It's almost like the president was pushed to this and he had no other option but to, but to release it a little bit. But the fact is, it's, it's a very marginal uh, relaxation of the lockdown. And we see a lot of businesses that thought that they could just hold on until the end of April, now looking at, at actual implosion. So I think that there's some, been some crazy regulations passed that certainly don't, won't help anyone. It won't help companies survive and make, it'll make the economy and the million, the estimated million people who might be out of work uh, push that figure up quite a lot higher. Look, it now seems pretty clear. I think government has explicitly made it clear that we are in for a six to eight month phasing out period in which we may be in one or other form of lockdown. I mean, what does that mean for the economy? Um, like as, as Rob says, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be terrible, of course, for companies. I mean, we've seen today with Adcon, I mean, they, they were maybe thinking they might hold on until the end of the first phase, which was due to be the like, 27th of April or something like that. And then obviously that, 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 that's their gone, or they might be. Like, and the things like, like Rob saying that some regulations have actually made it difficult to keep the, the, you know, the parts of the economy going. Like they, they've, we've, I mean, we've had some really strange rules. You'd have thought in this kind of system, when you know you're going to be have six or eight months, then you will do the utmost to make sure that as much of the economy as possible can work. But it seems like I mean some of the ministers have been guided by different, you no, know, different priorities. And like the whole issue we were discussing about e-commerce, for example. I mean, you, you look elsewhere in the world where they've tried to like facilitate the, the e-commerce as a safe alternative way to get the economy moving. And like look at the share price for Amazon. Whereas here we're saying take a lot cannot operate. <laughs> you know, some of the things here have just been. I'm not going to be helpful, that's for sure. Rob Rose, I mean, uh, banning e-commerce, um, what yeah, could I mean, possibly be the rationale for such a thing? Well, I mean, Ibrahim Patel said on Saturday that he thought it would be unfair for e-commerce agents to be able to deliver their entire range of goods when smaller shops aren't being allowed to do the same. Um, but it, it, it really doesn't recognize the fact that this is not what's happening, isn't fair to anyone. And the predominant rule should really be who can operate safely should operate safely. Should, should go out there and operate. We should allow as many people as possible to do their business. Um, but Ibrahim Patel seems confused about what the goal of this lockdown is. I mean, we should really allow as many people to get back to work as we can. Um, that should be the predominant rule, not, not you know, who we can stop doing whatever, which seems to be what guides them to some extent. Warren Thompson, um, e-commerce make the case for us, or would you want to make the case for as much e-commerce as possible? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Hillary, the, the, the objective with the state of the economy, as I see it, is just to get as much responsible commerce going as possible. So if that's e-commerce, if it's uh, responsible uh, collections from restaurants, uh, and that really just stems from the fact that we were in, in an economic crisis before COVID-19, and now we're absolutely desperate. Uh, so any opportunity you know, that ministers have to open up the economy responsibly with the minimal risk of uh, the infection spreading, 
take it. You know, we're uh, we're desperate. We're absolutely desperate. We're on our knees here. Let's let's get the economy going as quickly as possible. Lukanya, what do you, what is your view on this? I mean, is there another way of 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 doing it safely? I think that I think I think that that, that is the point that uh, the guys are making. You know, I mean, the, I think the guiding principle, like if you're a minister involved in this, is to try and do as little harm as possible. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, I think sometimes we, we sort of seem to be doing the opposite. I mean, like some I mean, some of the regulations are you know, stopping our wine uh, exports, for example. I mean, in the meantime, like no, like. Actually, it looks like that alcohol business and like our oh, takeaway businesses is one thing that's keeping the UK consumer economy going. And what are they drinking? They're drinking Australian wines, New Zealand wines, or whatever wines, except South Africans, because we've decided we're not going to export. I mean, how does that make sense? And like when you think of how many people get employed in the Western Cape, like in the wine industry. I mean, we can have another debate about whether or not people at home should be allowed to drink here. But how? I mean, how can any government sort of say we don't want this forex? That's there, you know. The market is actually booming for 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 wine in one of our key markets, and we are not there. And that's just one example where we seem, where we we know where the rules seem to lack a, a certain amount of nuance, and that that's actually needed to 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 manage this this crisis. I think it does go back to what Rob is saying about the objectives, in a sense. So there there there's a, there is a sense in which this is a wildly bureaucratic, and b they may be pursuing objectives that actually have very little to do with whether the virus spreads or not. I mean, Rob, is there, is that your impression? Yeah, I mean, I think the bureaucracy isn't isn't helping at all. I think you you hear stories the whole time of the people who are trying to apply for the UIF um, program to ease payroll pressures on companies, and a lot of people just can't haven't applied. And the UIF was behind by a massive amount in dealing with it. So I think that there are companies who Firstly, struggle to get through all the paperwork. I mean, for some of those programs, you needed to have three months bank statements. You needed a thousand documents. It was like going to a home affairs department. So this isn't exactly what you do when you're trying to rescue a country. You don't put in place a thousand strictures so that, you know, some bureaucrat somewhere can tick a box and say, oh, you've done this. Um, and I feel that there are, you know, the president seems to know what he's doing. He talks smartly about we need to do this. He seems to realize the gravity of the moment. But his bureaucrats underneath him um, don't see, seem to have not got that memo. There seems to be pretty widespread support for the health objectives, though, would you not say? Um, what have we seen in the kind of surveys that we're seeing, Rob? Well, I mean, you've, you see contrasting views. You, you see people saying that the lockdown has performed its purpose and now we should lift the lockdown. So I think that it's shifted from a, a sense that there's a health crisis coming to there's an economic crisis here. So we've seen the health, the health crisis um, addressed to some extent through the lockdowns, through various measures, through distancing, through, through various um, rules that, that have been imposed. But I think there's a, there's a dawning on policymakers that the real crisis happening now is the economy. Um, and so far, we seem to have flattened the curve pretty well on health. We're doing pretty well on that. Um, but the economy now, it's, it's a crisis that we're only starting to think of now. And the surveys... The figures um, are pretty alarming. I mean, a, a lot of companies say they only had, smaller companies say they had one to three months of cash reserves and now they're going to run out. And I uh -huh. think that, like Lukanya mentioned, I mean, Edcon now, they said, initially they said, you know, for a lockdown of 21 days, we'll lose perhaps 400 million. Now they're saying today, when they announced that they'd gone into business rescue, they said, actually, we've lost 2 billion rand in sales. And, you know, Edcon is a big company. It was really struggling. But it couldn't handle that. How many other small companies won't be able to handle what's happening to them and the loss in sales?
Actually, Warren Thompson, let's let's talk about a little bit more about EdCon. And I mean, are other companies set to fall over in the next few weeks or months? I mean, are, are, are there companies which you're watching, which could or sectors which you're watching, where 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 we're going to start seeing companies actually going completely out of business? Warren? Yes, uh, unfortunately, I think so, uh, Hilary. And I, I, I take your question, meaning uh, large companies, not just. Uh, Thousands and potentially mm. hundreds of thousands of small businesses that are going to go under. Um, one, one research firm in Teledex thinks we're going to see up to 1.5 million jobs lost uh, this year. And of course, the obvious targets are in the uh, hospitality, tourism and airline businesses. I mean, I, I know from a friend uh, that works at one of the big airline operators, they've seen flights obviously falling from 270 they were servicing a day to down to five to seven cargo planes. Uh, you can't sustain that type of uh, wage bill um, indefinitely. I mean, especially since we might see uh, the airports only opening up in September and October, uh, and whether or not people want to fly at the same level is a whole other question. So uh, there's not a list I have, but there are clearly sectors where you know retail, listed property, uh, tourism uh, and the airlines are the obvious cases where you're going to see deeply distressed companies. Part of the 500 billion stimulus package, Warren, which uh, the president announced last week, which I want to come back to, was a 200 billion loan guarantee scheme. Now, just run us through how that is going to work and. Uh, is that part of the solution to keeping some of these these companies in business and preventing them going under? It's part of the solution to stop some of the banks from going under, Hillary. Uh, given the the hit that's coming, uh, effectively, what the government, what what uh, how the system works is that the banks will borrow from the Reserve Bank at a very low rate, at the repo rate or, or below. Uh, they're still working on the details, and those that money they will then be allowed to issue businesses with, with new loans, as well as roll uh, loans that, are, that they've already extended. So if you're a, a, a hotel operator, you can apply for a loan, and that loan, which we'll call the COVID-19 loan, will help you pay operational expenses for a period of, of uh, a couple of months. That'll be salaries, uh, rent, uh, other expenses to keep your business basically intact uh, through the lockdown and, and uh, the immediate months after that. And then what will happen is uh, you will, that business will borrow at, at prime or maybe, maybe slightly below, and you will have no interest or capital repayments for six months. And then you'll be, have the opportunity to, to repay that loan um, over uh, five years. So it's just more breathing room for businesses. They can continue to pay certain overheads at a, a very kind of uh, low rate on soft terms uh, that will allow them to uh, move through this crisis uh, virtually in one piece. At the same time, uh, Treasury is putting in, uh, in, in the initial phase a guarantee so that as much as 94% of any losses from those loans uh, will be covered by Treasury and they'll refund the banks that. So they're busy working on the final details of the program but effectively, it's ensuring the banks from issuing these types of risky loans to businesses that have no income during uh, this period and protecting them against, obviously, uh, those losses. So 
in, in one form, it's, 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 I think, a very welcome source of kind of monetary stimulus, if you could call it that. Lucanio, do you, do you think that the scheme is indeed uh, part of the solution to enabling companies to survive through the crisis? Uh, Hillary, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it can be, but I, like, I just had one question I wanted to ask Warren. Warren did a good job of explaining how it would work. What worries me, Warren, is that we know we're seeing today's companies are failing today, you know, and we like and and, and and you know how like notorious we are for our long bureaucracy and companies. I mean, this is crisis has been going on now for like five weeks. Companies are not having any kind of income. When is this actually going to be getting off the ball? You know, when is that? When are we actually going to start? So when, when are people actually going to start seeing this money? Because if we like work out a great plan and it only comes out, say, three weeks from now, there might be nobody to save. Warren, yes. In fact, the finance minister last week promised it would be this week. Clearly jumped into action rather prematurely. Um, is it going to be this week? Is it going to be next week? Or is it, as Lucanio suggests, going to be three weeks before the banks can start extending these loans um, and uh, saving companies if there are any companies to be saved? Yeah, no, absolutely valid point. I mean, how, how quickly can we move? Uh, as, you, as you were right to say, Hillary, uh, the finance minister indicated by the end of this week, I would suspect it probably needs uh, another week before it's all ready to go. It is fairly complex. Um, you, you know, you've got to account for the, the loans. Um, the banks have capital reserve requirements they've got to meet. Uh, it's, it's got to be fleshed through. But I think everyone in the process is aware of how urgently it needs to be done. So I would expect um, uh, at some point next week they would have finalized the processes and they, and they would be ready to, to, to be rolled out. Um, and I think the banks can, can get the money out um, very quickly because most of these people or all of the people, these, you won't be a new client to a bank. This will be a lot of the stuff will be another loan to an existing client um, or rolling an existing loan, as I've indicated. So I think the, the possibility of getting the money out is pretty good, but it's but going to take about another... At least I suppose we're dealing with the banks here rather than, as, as, as Rob points out, the, the government bureaucracy. The banks yeah, may be right. a little bit more fleet of foot. Rob, what this means, though, is that we've got a potentially quite giant guarantee sitting on, on, on the government's balance sheet. Is that, is that the right thing to do? Is that a risk for the country? Is it a risk worth taking? I think, it's, I think it's definitely a good thing to do. A lot of other countries have done a similar thing. I think it works. And it's not as if, you know, all of these companies will actually default on it and the guarantee will be called on in every case. Um, I mean, I think if anything, you could look to expand the guarantee scheme. Um, it's a way to provide a safety net without putting, putting too much stress on the system because there are companies that will certainly repay and certainly survive. And I think it's a... It's, it's, a risk, it's a risk mitigation mechanism, which I think is something that we could look to do more of. Part of a bigger stimulus package, Rob, um, which uh, the value of which was put at 500 billion, including the 200 billion, then, then the finance minister kind of added in another 300 billion, which the Reserve Bank had done through regulatory changes, 800 billion, mm. whatever you call it, it's say 5, 10, 15% of, of gross domestic product. But is, is it enough? to really provide the kind of stimulus and or relief that we're looking for? I think it's, you know, like you say, Hillary, it's, it's a big number and it sounds impressive, especially when you add in other things. But the reality is that a lot of it isn't, you know, isn't actually direct stimulus. A lot of it is 
sort of short-term emergency measures and then you know things like the loan guarantee scheme which is not quite actual stimulus to the economy as such it's it's a it's a you know it's a mitigation mechanism so i think the direct level of of stimulus is about perhaps it's 170 billion or so they're, they're also shifting funds from from government that 130 billion from re-existing um, allocations uh, so i think that there's a lot less than people think it is um, I do think it's, I mean, it's vital to do this um, and it might actually not be enough. We might have to do more later, um, but it allowed the president to announce what sounded like a fantastic, fantastic amount, you know, 10% of GDP, even though it really wasn't. Um, but it does indicate that the government is willing to do something. And as the president said, we'll do whatever we can. The fact is that because of the last few years of economic mismanagement, what we can is is an increasingly narrow amount. Look, can you... Um just pick out the good bits of the stimulus package from your point of view. I mean, they must, we, we're, being, we're being a little bit kind of skeptical about it, but there, there are some, surely some bits which will reach people and will have a real impact. Yeah, no, def definitely, Harry. I mean, and, I mean, I think also our job is to point out where things might not be working out. We don't necessarily just want to say everything is bad, but, but I think it's crucial we're trying to get as much of it to work as possible. And so I think, uh, I mean, pointing out some of the things that don't work is, Hopefully it helps. I mean, obviously, like a big, a big plus was the what was the announcement regarding the the payments of grants. You know, like that's basically stopping people from literally starving out there. If, even though there is a bit of controversy there as well, because I think initially the the extension of grants was was initially defined as what was going on to beneficiaries, and now it's been like to what's going on to 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 recipients, which makes a big difference. So if you're a parent of three kids and you're getting 500 rands, and the same thing if you're parents of four kids as opposed to I 500 rands. I was a bit mystified as to why they changed that, I have to admit. It to seemed pay, to be complicating kids, so matters in a way you didn't need to, but nonetheless. So, so, so one of the yeah. things, but, 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 but this, these are all positive things. I mean, and, we, and also because we've had other, you know, like other feeding schemes and all sorts of other things. The, the question as all these things is always like how to get them to the, to the end user in the end. And, and that's why it's so disappointing when we, when we were talking earlier, for example, about the issues of small support for, 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 for the tourism sector, which has been totally decimated. And it's been, and, and then there it is, like nothing has happened because it's all in the courts, whether we decide, we, where we're debating whether or not, like, no, like race should be, it should, should be a criteria for getting aid. I mean, these are sort of distractions that the president could do without. And like, because we'd like to be positive about these things, but, but sometimes it looks like some of his ministers make it impossible. <laughs> Run mm. us through that debate, Lucanio. I mean, the, the, the tourism industry, the minister has imposed BEE regulations. Is she right? Is she wrong? What, what is the impact of that decision? I mean, I would say, like, like is that, that's not even worth debating, really, like, in a sense, like, I mean, people out there, like, businesses are drowning, and we need to, like, you know, get as many people saved as possible. You, you don't decide who you're going to save or you're not going to save, <laughs> you know? And also, like, I mean, well, if, if you're going to start, like, uh, I mean, I mean it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, if, if, if Hillary Joffe there has got a business that employs 50 black people, that's because Hillary Joffe is not black, therefore she doesn't get aid. When what happens to those 50 black people who work for her? You know, do they, don't they deserve aid? You know, it, it just, I mean, morally or practically, it just, I, I, just, I just cannot defend that position. Rob, do you want to come in on that point? Yeah, just to say that I completely agree with Lacanio. I mean, it's... You know, firms are in trouble because of where they are, and each firm has different stresses and strains. Um, and so to be debating whether to give somebody aid based upon their their black shareholding level rather than their need is just a sign that there are people in Ramaphosa's cabinet who just don't know what they're doing and shouldn't be there.
Um, and I think that that's it's just one, it's a sign of one of those regulations that is just causing trouble. Now it's held up in the course. So we're seeing emergency aid to the entire sector, which is perhaps the most, the worst hit of all of them, um, completely ended. So it's, it's a totally crazy, ridiculous idea. It does. I mean, I must say, it does sort of raise the question of how seriously is uh, President Ramaphosa's cabinet actually thinking about what kind of economy are we going to have beyond the lockdown? Because if we don't really apply our minds, we surely are going to be in pretty deep trouble coming out of the lockdown with a kind of economic um, forecast that, 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 that we're seeing. Uh, this economy is getting pretty savaged and, and some kind of serious growth turnaround strategies is, is, is going to be needed. But, but speaking of um, you know, companies in need of help, Warren Thompson, the land bank um, oh. has been oh. ailing for a while, but now seems to be falling over completely. What is, what is the problem there? Yeah, Hillary, it originally started uh, really at, towards the end of last year. I attended the interim results, uh, the full year results presentation at the end of last year in about September. The land bank was profitable, uh, was within its financial covenants with its lenders, uh, but it had this persistent problem that many of our state-owned entities have, which is this flux in permanent uh, CEOs, uh, executive management teams. And the land bank has had interim CEOs uh, for about 15 months. Uh, there's been, I think the chief financial officers have come and gone. And then there was this uh, very unresolved issue around why it's put its in head of internal audit on suspension last year, which investors are still uh, not fully informed of um, as to why that happened. Uh, Ultimately, what happened was they were supposed to go to the bond market and raise more money at the end of last year, but they didn't do that because they didn't have a permanent CEO in place. Uh, that was necessary, that bond raising was necessary because uh, they dispersed most of their funds at the start of the year when farmers start planting um, predominantly grain uh, at the start of the year. So they start lending to clients and that is when the agricultural um, finance cycle kind of begins, if you want to call it that. We then had a, a downgrade by uh, Moody's on the land bank, uh, I think in January, which moved it into junk. And then you had concerns about the sovereign credit rating, um, the decision taken by Moody's, as we know, at the end of March, if I'm not mistaken. This all kind of contributed to um, what, what became a cash crunch. So and that meant that quite solvent and looking quite good. They are without a chief exec. They get a downgrade. They can't go to the bond market. And a cash crunch comes up. Uh, Correct. Is, is so it a problem? I mean, is there a reason we shouldn't let the land bank go down, as it were? Absolutely, absolutely. We have to keep this land bank going because, uh, number one, it supplies 28% of our agricultural credit. So farmers rely on the institution to, to keep them in business, uh, to keep them planting and, and reaping. I and that is a tremendous impact. Tremendous I think that's impact good enough reason, Warren. Yeah, that sounds good, good enough good. reason. Yeah. We've got a couple of minutes left, and what I want to do is give each of you a chance to, to tell us what is it that you are looking forward to on Friday with the slightly liberalized regulations. What is the first thing you're going to do? And, uh, yeah, what are you going to still miss most? Rob, I'll give you the first, the first chance. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to look forward to on Friday? What, if anything? It would be, nice um, be nice to see what it looks like on the streets, you know, go for a walk and... and and uh, yeah, and you know, I would like to say see people again, but I'd never do that. 
not probably not allowed. <laughs> I suppose we we're waiting for the finalised regulations which come out Thursday night. Um, Lucanio, you've got one minute, and I'm going to give it to you. What are you looking forward to, if anything? Ah, uh, it's hard to say. Like I was going to, I suppose if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said like I'm looking for I don't know to to make fast food, but I've actually gotten used to not having fast food. Yeah. So I'm not looking forward to that so much. I don't actually know. I'm like, it's going to be interesting to see what the regulations are regarding walking and you know, walking and running in the streets and that kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I, I, I've been asked to actually possibly see one or two people as long as they stay, they keep their distance. <laughs> so possibly walking, possibly fast food deliveries, um, but not a lot of change apart from that quite possibly yeah that's thanks very much for joining us that's all we have time for tonight um but please do join us again next week for another edition of editing aloud and stay safe in the meantime <laughs>